1: <laughs>
0: The Elk Talk podcast is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting
1: heritage. To become a member, go to rmef.org. And the podcast is also brought to you by OnX Maps. And with OnX Maps, you can know where you stand with the most accurate hunting GPS tech on the market with land ownership maps that work offline Go to onxmaps.com and use promo code ELKTALK, and you're going to save 20% when you sign up for an app membership at onxmaps.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Gerber. Uh, Go to gerbergear.com
0: and learn about the knives, the vital, the big game vital, the gator premium, all the things that we use when we're out in the woods, and not just knives, but also some really cool multi-tools
1: that they have. We're also proud to partner with Sitka Gear, and if you go to sitkagear.com, you'll see their full line of clothing, and their tagline is turning clothing into gear, and they are doing that through advanced technology that allows you to stay in the field longer, hunt harder, and stay safer.
0: The Elk Talk podcast is also brought to you by GoHunt.com. Go to GoHunt.com and sign up for the Insider. Um... The, the Insider is changing how haunts and hunting information are found. No doubt about that. Use promo code ELKTALK, and when you do, when you sign up for the Insider, you're going to get $50 of store credit, mad money, in their gear shop.
1: And we are also brought to you by Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. And Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls is the original designer and inventor of the pallet plate diaphragm that's completely changed the way elk calls are made and used. And to find out more and to order your elk calls, go to RockyMountainHuntingCalls.com or BuglingBull.com and use promo code Elk Talk, and you're going to save 15% on all of your elk calls and elk call accessories. And with that, Corey... We are ready to get into it. Let's jump into it.
0: All right, folks. I told you that uh, Corey had bailed on me today. Really, he didn't bail. He's he's not feeling that well. So I'm here trying my best to carry on conversations that's not going to bore all you to death. Uh, And since... Corey told me not to talk about dairy queen or marital advice. Uh, I don't have much left to talk about, but uh, we I've got a guest here from the local area. We're doing this from the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo in Salt Lake. And Jason, you're from Ogden? Yep, that's great. J- Jason Loftus, right? I got that right? I got it right. I, 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 when I see it written, I always want to say Loftus. Yeah, a lot of people do. Do so. they? Yep, yep. All right. So... Uh, <clears throat> I asked you, I said, what do you want to talk about? And you said elk. I said, well, that's a good thing because the podcast is called Elk Talk. (laughs) So uh, Utah elk, can we talk Utah elk? Let's talk Utah elk, yeah. All right. Are are you... really uh how do i say protective about what can we say units and stuff like
1: that
2: sure yeah i don't have any here's the deal you're on the waiting list i'm on the waiting list i'm on a public land hunter so you know i i'm like the rest of the guys so Uh, there's no secrets right? yeah
0: (laughs) well i was lucky i drew an archery tag here in 2004 yeah 14 Uh i didn't expect that i i was on the alternate list i don't know if people know that if someone turns a tag back you might end up on the alternate list yep it cracked me up. I come home and there's a message on my phone. There's a long story as to why I still have a landline. I don't, we don't have to go into that, but <laughs> I, I come in from my afternoon hike and it, there's this message, you know, I'm so-and-so from Utah DWR. Uh, you're the alternate. Would you like this elk tag that's been turned in? I thought it was a crank call. <laughs> so uh, I ended up saying, yeah, I'll take that. But What uh, unit did you end up hunting? Uh, South Cash. Oh, okay. Um... And I I had a great time. I, I I went the last part of the season because you guys have your seasons open here in, I think, like August 20th or something for uh, archery. For,
2: for archery, mid-August to mid-September.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so I'd planned the last week, and I'd hunted four days and was starting to feel like, all right, I'm getting it dialed <laughs> in. And then my wife got sick and had to have an emergency surgery, so I had to go home, and uh-huh. I missed the last three days. But. She tells me, she's like, oh, I feel bad. I said, no, you you gave me an excuse now as to why I didn't fill my Utah tag, (laughs) because odds were I wasn't going to fill it anyhow as bad of a hunter as I am. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) So, But anyhow, you're on the waiting list. What's it like to be a a Utah hunter, and you guys have really great elk hunting, but it's hard to get a tag, and when you get one...
2: Like you, so when did you? So I drew a tag in 2011, 2012, 2012. Okay. So I drew a Mount Dutton bull tag, uh, a rifle tag uh, on a whim. I just put in, because my brother-in-law had put in for the archery tag that same year Uh and drew him and my nephew. Okay. So the plan was I just "Ah, put in for a rifle tag. We're hunting for his tag. Uh Uh-huh. And if we, you know, I'm going to learn a ton about the unit. Right. And so I just happened to draw. I was blown away. Got really lucky with six points, which is pretty unheard of. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Especially that unit. <laughs> exactly. And, and that was back in the day, right? When it was still pumping out some pretty good bulls. Right. And uh, anyways, we, we had a really good hunt, you know, uh, learned a lot about the unit. And then I ended up connecting on opening morning of the rifle hunt because the rifle hunt here in Utah is right basically during the red It's that third week of September, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's crazy. Which is crazy, right? But, <laughs>
0: there are a series of November hunts that are late rifle hunts. Correct. But correct, yeah. the high demand
2: is for... Well, yeah, why, not, why right. <laughs> not, right? Hunting elk with a rifle in the heat of the rut. You know, yeah, so, yeah, in Utah. Success rates are pretty high. I bet. <laughs> yeah, sign me
0: up. But yeah. it's interesting to see how you guys manage for your elk based on age class of harvested bulls. Yes. Is what your criteria is that you try to
2: meet. Yeah, that results in some really old, old- H-class health. bulls, yeah. And it yeah. depends on the unit, right? I think right. now, and I don't know enough about the specifics of each of the units to know which ones are managed for trophy class, which yeah. ones are managed more for opportunity. Yeah. But they have made a distinct a distinction there, yeah. from what I understand. So if you want to put in and put the time in and wait and try to jog that premium tag, you still have that opportunity. But a lot of the units that used to be trophy units are now more opportunity units right yeah they so they've lowered s- the late, the age class they've allowed more tags you know things like that yeah uh, i think
0: when i had the south cash that was one of those units that <laughs> they have a targeted harvested age, age class between five and six and a half or something yeah. five and a half six and a half something like that yeah um but wow, I still had a ton of fun. There was yeah. nobody there. Yeah. Well, I had yeah. the place all to myself. I thought, <laughs> yeah. is season closed or what's the gig Checking here? Am I, am I supposed to be here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're in your real life, you have a real job just like I do. Yes, I do. I have uh, to. That's just the way it is now. But but you you do a lot of other stuff in the elk and, and hunting and anything outdoor world. Yes, I do. Uh, what? <laughs> Let us let's yeah, so tell the folks what
2: that is. My passion is the outdoors in general, right? Um, yeah. I love elk; it's my favorite. Um, mule deer and sheep have become a close second for me. The sheep are just amazing. Sheep. I've fallen in love with sheep. We yeah. can go down that path. But, um, <laughs>
0: yeah, let's stop there. Because <laughs> yeah. my, my
2: Montana guys, we're always the brunt of every sheep joke. So <laughs> yeah. when you say you've fallen in love with sheep, yeah, we'll just stop
1: yeah, right there.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> but yeah, no, so a lot of my passion is in photography now. Yeah. Um, I still love to hunt. Um, I just look at it, you know, as hunting either way. Uh-huh. I'm hunting with my bow or I'm hunting with my camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, you know, that's kind of what got me into photography was wildlife mm-hmm. or the wildlife photography is the hunting. Yeah. Um, and then I've just taken that and ran with it. So it allows me to be in the field a lot more often, mm-hmm. which my, li- my wife loves, by the way. Right? <laughs> I'm talking about marital advice. <laughs> my wife says to me sometimes like, can't you just go back and hunt? And yeah. Then, you know, let's put the camera down. You know? Right. So, but anyways. So you know. do you sell a lot of your images commercially? Or? Um, you know, I've had some success that way. I've worked with some good organizations and had some success that way. Um, but you know, I I, feel, I saw a few prints here and there too. Yeah, uh, through my Instagram account and stuff like that. And, which but, um, is uh, Untamed Images. Right? Untamed Images. Yes. So Instagram. Instagram and there. Facebook. Follow uh, yeah. Yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thank
0: you. Yeah. 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 Facebook it's the same. Same thing. Yeah. All right. So one, one of the things when Corey and I were talking about having you on here is yeah. trying to. And since he bailed out, I get to—I—I don't have to listen to Corey's input about what we want to talk about. Yeah, so it's all to you. Man. It's all me. But one of the things we we're thinking about is how, like you said, that uh, doing your photography work is like hunting with a camera. Yeah. Or, or hunting, but with a camera. Sure. Um, a lot of things you're learning, or that you see, that you apply from photography to hunting. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So, and, and, and the other way around, right? I think one of the things that's been kind of a, a nice thing for me as I entered into wildlife photography was understanding animal behavior, right? Yeah. And understanding how to get close um, and, you know, understanding their um, where to be when I want, you know, to get a certain shot, you know, yeah. things like that. And, you know, you don't get that any other way than just spending time with them, you know, yeah. and watching their behaviors. And when you can spend, you know, a whole week during the elk rut with bull elk that are somewhat tolerant, Mm-hmm. And the and the cows and be like literally with them and just be there all day every day and watch the behaviors watch the interactions watch the raghorns coming in trying to take cows watch how the bulls react watch how they hurt them or, you know all those behaviors is you know that's pretty it's pretty awesome yeah and not a lot of guys take the time to do that if no, they're you know we, not doing something like that
0: so. no I'm guilty of that I go and I film my tag and then I'm yeah, done yeah. Huh. Off to the next one, right? But. So it's, it's as much of a learning
2: experience <laughs> yeah, sure. as it is. Well, and even winter range bulls, um, you know, trying to get them before they're dropping their antlers and they're watching their winter behaviors, which is pretty boring, actually. But, um, you know. <laughs> they get up, they feed, they, <laughs> they lay down, they, they up, feed. they get up, they feed, they <laughs> lay down, <laughs> much, but, yeah.
0: So, so uh, when you're a photographer, uh-huh. do you ever look at guys like me who aren't and say, uh... You know, he, <laughs> if you would have taken two extra minutes, you could have really had a nice photograph there.
2: Oh, absolutely! Do you? It's funny. <laughs> so I have a really good friend. His name's Bill Allard, and yeah, I follow a bunch of Bill's stuff online. He's, a, he's an amazing guy, and yeah. and he's he's seventy eight, just turned seventy eight. His he? birthday was last week, and he's still out there getting after it and it's yeah. awesome i mean yeah. he's, he's like my idol that way right just yeah.
0: i love his pronghorn but he must go oh. to wyoming somewhere <laughs> does he yep his pronghorn so, pictures and i'm a pronghorn not even nah. though we're on elk talk yep. uh are great
2: yeah he he actually spends a lot of time um setting up blinds and was helping other guys he uh, he was on um i forget the forum but hmm. guys would come out west here and he would help them fill their antelope tags really? if they drew a tag in Wyoming. <laughs> so, and then he got to the point with his hunting where he'd killed so much stuff that he just got to a point where he said, I am not going to kill an animal unless I can get its picture first. Oh, so wow. he So he was constantly challenging him. Started with a rifle, went to a bow, uh-huh. and then he got to a point where it's like, I'm not killing it unless I can get a photo first. The so, before and after. Yeah. it was. It's, it's pretty <laughs> pretty impressive, right? So, oh. And then he got to a point where he just says, you know, I've, I've, I'm— I'd just rather shoot him with a camera. Yeah. So he's at that point in his life now. But. So, as someone who <laughs> produces
0: outdoor media, yeah. I get the question all the time what camera should I buy? And yeah. most of them are asking me from the standpoint of a, a videography. Vi- vidi- yeah. Yeah. Uh, but two of my videographers are really, really talented, still image guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but i don't know how far we want to go into this or how much we want to say it. better watch it somebody's here your, your fan club is uh-oh, here
2: uh-oh. they want
0: your they want a picture with you or an autograph or something <laughs> yeah right
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh i'm sure there are a ton of questions that come your way about yeah jason what should i buy for a camera what should i have for this one? and and the thing I find is everybody wants something that does it all. Well, I want to take video from really up close, wide angle out to four hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Well, uh how many lenses do you want to carry with yeah, you? exactly you know what, how many bodies do you want but
2: yeah. so i I don't know if in what you do that if you get a lot of that. Um, I do. I do. I get a lot of questions. Um, A lot of guys will reach out to me and say, you know, what's a good starter? You know, I'm a Nikon guy. Okay. So I know Nikon equipment pretty well. Um, I'm not, I mean, I know a little bit about the Canon and the Sony stuff. Yeah. But, and I know Sony, as far as video, Sony's like a lot of guys love the Sony for that stuff, right? That's what we use. We use all Sony (laughs) stuff Yeah, uh, for for video. And it does an amazing job, right? But I think it's hard to find that one does one all solution. You just, won't find it in the video. World, I just don't I think you will, yeah. Can you in the still image I, world? No. I mean unless you're like I said, depending on what you're looking for, right? If you want to just have a nice high end point and shoot that'll zoom out a you know a thousand time X or whatever and you, you know you're okay with that, then your quality's gonna be a little bit less. But yeah. you know that might be fine for guys. So yeah. what I try to do is ask guys what are you what are you trying to do, right? right? What do you want to accomplish with what you're trying to get? Yeah. And I just tell them up front, you're not gonna get the one one solution for everything. You're no. not. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't exist. So yeah,
0: you're you're going to compromise something on low light, or something on action, Correct. or something on distance, Correct. or whatever. Yep.
2: And a lot of guys have this misnomer about. You know, I carry around a big old 500-millimeter lens a lot. It's my favorite lens because uh-huh. of the depth I get and the color and so on. But they think it's, you've got this big lens. It's bigger than a spotting scope. Right. So they're thinking, oh, you can see it. You can get a picture of an animal a mile away. And it's like, no, <laughs> I still got it. On an elk, I still got to be about 50 yards yeah. to get a good image. <laughs> you know, people don't understand that. It's like, I still got to be in archery range, you know, to get a good image. So, With yeah. a 500-millimeter. With millimeter. a 500-millimeter, yeah. So, guys, oh, wow. you know, it's funny what well, this perception that people have about things and that. But, yeah. Uh, Huh. So when
0: you see someone like me, who's always in a hurry. Uh Oh, I don't want this to spoil. Like, you know, it's hot. I got to get this elk taken care of. I'm sure you look at composition and say, you know, if you would have done this, if you would have (laughs) cleaned the background out and out of the... You know, you don't need four packs and two rifles laying in the background. <laughs> you know, if you would have tucked the tongue, there's... Yeah. Oh. yeah. Do, you have, do you have a cheat
2: sheet list of photograp- hunting photography for dummies? So, so one of the things that got me to start getting a good camera to begin with was that kind of that kill shot, you know, that, that taking that trophy shot, if you will, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you know, to celebrate that, you know, the accomplishment. But a lot of the basic things you learn is just that, you know, like we, we carry wipes in our pack now. And cause you want it to be clean. Right. You don't want a bunch of blood everywhere. You don't want tongues hanging out. You don't want, you know what I mean? There's just some yep. basic things. If you just take a minute and think about it, right. Yep. And take those wipes and clean the blood off the mouth and to tuck the tongue in and pose the animal, you know, tuck the knees up under and, you know, kind to pose it and don't, you know, this is just my opinion. So mm-hmm. Tavor was where Don't play the game of sitting ten feet behind it and all that garbage. You know, I mean, come on. Everybody knows. All you have to do is look at the ears and, the, and get a perspective. You know, yeah. it's not a you know forty-five inch buck. Uh, I mean, come on. You know, so just.
0: funny you say that because uh, I see that and instantly I'm, I think to myself, well, this person shot something they wish they hadn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, or they thought they were supposed to shoot something bigger. Correct. And so they thought, well, I'll stand 12 yards behind it. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Some of
2: my favorite photos I see out there are the ones where they're playing around with like a a groundhog or something. And you got the guy (laughs) way back and it looks like this, you know, 500-pound squirrel or something. I love that stuff. It just, you know, but yeah. Just don't, you know, just... Just respect the animal and yeah. try to, you know, that's to me, just think about that. Think about grass that's sticking up. Think about mm-hmm. those kind of things. Think about your background.
0: Right. Think so, about
2: shadows and light. You know? Right. So uh, let's go into shadows and
0: okay. light. Do you want the subject with the sun in their face or the sun at their back? Sun
2: in your face. Sun in your that's face. That's my opinion. Okay. You know, it depends, I think, a little bit. If you were like, say you shot it right at, right at dusk, mm-hmm. right? And you, you get this beautiful sunset. And the only way you can get that sunset is to turn and face it, and you got the sunset behind you, right? And right? that situation, that can make an amazing photo, yeah. right? An amazing photo. Yep. And you might want to use some fill flash for something like that yep. so you can get you, but you still get the sunset. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot of things to think about when you're out there. And, and to have an animal like that, especially a trophy for you, and to have those kind of scenari- scenarios where you got the scenery or the sunset or sunrise or whatever, you know, take advantage of it because yep. that doesn't happen all the time, you know. So yep. you can't recreate that, you know. So. No, and so
0: I, this is stuff I've I've learned with my my crew being photographers, yep. whereas yep. I'm just a hurry up. Yeah, that I took a picture. Well, let's move on. We're good. Let's uh, go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got some amazing memories that I wished I would have taking five minutes to take better photographs. Absolutely. That uh, All the things you've already mentioned. Um, different angles, so, different poses,
2: right. different everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Can't take too many.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I'm now lucky where I have somebody just walking around taking images yeah. while because you always have that reflective moment kind of feeling. That you have, uh, at least for me, when I walk up to an animal, at first, I have the, oh, my gosh, can you believe this happened? Mm. Like I'll use, for example, I had a Henry Mountain archery bison tag here in Utah this uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. And when I first walked up to it, it was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe a dream came true. And then I have this kind of thankful, grateful, yes. appreciation moment. And then it's the, oh, back to the holy cow. Uh, and I'm lucky to have a career that's there taking images. So we get a little bit of all that. You
2: know, capture and, your emotions and right. stuff too, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's real,
0: it's the moment. It's what's going through my mind at yep. that time. And, yep. and then also we, we try all kinds of different angles. We'll have some from the side, some from the front. We'll have, we've really uh, focused on showing people the utilization of the, of the meat and, and the whole animal. Yeah. And that requires a different level of consideration of how you do it tastefully sure uh tastefully meat uh (laughs) we're we're photographing meat tastefully yeah there you go (laughs) uh but for me in my imagery i want people to know we eat this stuff we this is a this is our primary motivation for hunting and we get hammered like yesterday on valentine's day i had that bison heart and it's so big and there was an ankle that made it look almost like a valentine heart and we'd cleaned it off uh (laughs) but Needless to say, Instagram wasn't real pleased (laughs) with that image, but, uh, so when, when people are, are doing these, uh, photography things, another one I often hear of is should the animal and the hunter be skylined or not skylined? Sometimes you can't do anything about it, but they say
2: if it can be, skyline it. Sure. I mean, I like, I like both, you know, I think a lot of it's just thinking about your background, and, you know, skylines are awesome. One of my favorite type of photos to take with wildlife is skyline shots. Okay. You know, when I see a skyline shot unfolding, I'm all about it, especially if you've got some good background back behind it, some depth or some good clouds or scenery or good, you know, sunrise, sunset, all that stuff. One of my favorite things is like the silhouetted skyline for wildlife. Right. Maybe not so much for a trophy shot, but okay. um, but having that, you know, having that skyline with, the, with the, some good color or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. If you can, yeah. if you can get away with it. But to me, it's all about just okay, you got the animal down, look at where you're at, look what you have, you know, look what's available. Right. You know, if I drag, if I drag this thing and I can, if it's not an elk, if it's a deer or something and I can drag this thing, you know, 20 yards to the right and get some good, get some good, uh. Um, you know, photos because of the scenery, the backdrop, whatever, then do it, you know, take the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So do you run into people saying, don't be taking images of those landscapes?
2: I know you're going to tell the whole world where you're at. Oh yeah. You get that a lot, but you know what, like, like I said, here in Utah, if a guy draws a tag, I mean, you've heard this story, you've probably seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when we did our hunt, you know, it was a family thing, you know, and so you got, you know, five to ten guys with you that are helping you spot, helping you, you know, and it's because everybody wants to be a part of it. You And right. if they don't draw the tag, they want to be a part of the experience. Yeah. So, you know, even though I've only drawn one limited entry elk tag in Utah, I've been a part of probably seven or eight different limited entry hunts. Yeah. You know, being a glasser, packer, whatever, right? So, you know, it, that's just, yeah, uh, that's what it's all about <laughs> yeah so do you think uh, as hunters
0: we and so you're telling i'm, I'm gonna back up before yeah, yeah, i ask the question yeah. you're telling stories with mostly still images yeah to tell a whole story it seems like there's a lot more than just that culmination of that oh here it's dead let me take a trophy photo yeah there's...
2: yeah well, especially with one photo it's real tough to tell a hunting story right yeah which i'm sure you know you've come to <laughs> learn with your guys falling you around, right? Yeah. But, but I, I have gotten more into that where I like to just carry a camera with me and try to capture emotions, glassing, the scenery you're seeing, why they're glassing, you know, all those things that you see in a lot of, you know, different uh, type of Instagram accounts or whatever, you know, like lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, um, photography. But, you know, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's tough to tell a story of one photo from a hunting standpoint mm. and you're not going to really tell the whole story when it's a kill shot. Um, but you can do that through, you know, a few images. And I think if you can try to do that in, like, tell a whole hunt story in, like, 10 images, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Right. You know? and, and it's possible, but you really got to think about what, what's the story you're telling before you go do it. yeah. And I'd say that even with just, like, my wildlife shots, you know, that's a lot of trying to have what I want to capture in my mind before I even go on the field is a big part of it, trying to plan ahead and know, this fall I want to really focus on bugling shots with a certain type of skyline or whatever right just pick you know but whatever you have in your mind if you have that in your mind then as you're watching things unfold in the wild you know you can be in the right place to capture that same thing with a hunting photo right if you're on this hunt and you know what you want to capture as you see it unfold you can be there to to, you know, to get that shot.
0: So, yeah. So one thing I've found is if I have a camera that's more available to me, yeah, I tend to take a lot more images. Absolutely. And if, if it's
2: in your pack, <laughs> you're never going to take right. it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know. My camera guys have these little things that go on their, uh, their packs oh, they're packs called the yep. cotton carrier cotton carrier
2: I Is love that cotton you carrier, use yeah. the
0: same thing i love it yeah <clears throat> so it fits to the bottom mounting bracket of your camera yep and it just slides
2: on yeah. your, and it locks, your shoulder also, strap you know at an angle and drop it down and it's locked in there yeah it's awesome
0: yeah, yeah. and i'll see i'll look over and they are taking images all the time and i'm thinking why are, oh yeah their camera's right there so yep. easy to and access. i know a lot of guys who are hunting they're not going to mess with that. Yeah. They're, they're going to be like, no, I'm here to hunt. But yeah. the well, storytelling for me, Yeah. Go ahead. we, we do it in video, but yeah. it's it's getting to be the part that I enjoy, especially in the off season. I go look through old photos yeah. or old videos. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you get to reminisce, right? Right. And, and a lot of my photos, even though they might just be a portrait of an elk or something, every one of them has a story behind it, you know? Yeah. And even though it may just be a portrait for most people, for me... You know, I, it brings back who I was with, you know, the experiences we had, you know, it's a, a lot of times we go out as buddies and shoot together, you know, it's not just, a, it's like, in you know, it'd be a lot like hunting in general, right? You're hunting party, right? Mm-hmm. You got your buddies that you're hunting with or whatever, and you're just the same thing and you have those same experiences. You still get to cook and all that, you know, all that stuff, you know, it's, it's all part of the experience. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so if someone wanted to get a good quality camera, that is
0: going to be something that they could have quite a few applications
2: for out in the hill Uh. can they get into it for under a thousand dollar um yeah i think you can i mean for so focusing back on nikon gear what a lot of folks when they ask me i'll tell them you know that i think it's the d3500 now whatever version they're up to 34 35 Uh um that's a great entry-level camera um it comes with a kit lens a couple kit lenses and you can get that thing for right about uh, five six hundred bucks oh, wow. with the kit lenses, and yeah. it's a great you can shoot in manual, you can shoot in raw, it'll connect any of the Nikon lenses to it, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah. it's a great little starter kit, and you know, it doesn't you don't have to spend a ton of money if you're thinking you might like it. Go spend five six hundred bucks and play with it and see if you like it. And then, of course, if you get addicted like I am. Yeah. And you end up spending a, a lot more money on it, and it never ends, right? But, yeah.
0: So when you live in Utah and you're in the penalty box, I call it, because yeah. I'm in the penalty box for elk. Yeah. Other, so folks, don't think I, we mean that we're, uh, <laughs> like, we got our hunting privileges taken away. It's, it's a slang term used in some of these states for being on the waiting list. In my home state of Montana, if you draw a moose, goat, or sheep, you got a seven-year wait. I think in Nevada they have waiting periods. I, I think so.
2: You in Utah it's five years.
0: Yeah, I just got off. I I think the deer waiting
2: list is is it three years? I think it's five. Five for elk and deer. I don't know. Is you it? Know, I don't okay. Know, but I know for de- I know elk is five because I, I right. just got off of it. Okay. So I can start putting in for elk again this year. So do you travel to other states to? fulfill
0: your elk hunting addiction or do you just uh, from
2: a photography standpoint yes okay. um but I have points in other states and yeah. so I, you know my kids um we have some pretty good points built up in Wyoming for pronghorn for elk and for deer okay and so over the next two three years I plan on you know taking my boys and going and having some good experiences oh cool so yeah
0: cool I'm looking forward to
2: that so yeah
0: so do you tag along you said you've been on like seven or eight months here yeah
2: Yeah. Archery and rifle just varies. But um, a a few of them, that Dutton unit that I drew, because guys Mm -hmm. reach out to you once you've been on the unit and they see that you've been successful, right? Then they start asking questions and, you know. Corey
0: and I were talking about this a while back, and I'd be interested to know what your thought is. Because in Utah, you apply for years and years and years to get a tag. Or you luck out, like you said, after, what, six Six years? Six years, yeah. Did you feel a lot of pressure when you had the tag? You know yeah you put a lot of pressure <laughs> on yourself right
2: and you really try not to right you right. really try but. not to but how can you not when it's you know Uh uh-huh. and, and i and so you get why everybody thinks if they draw a utah tag you expect to kill that 380 400 inch bull right yeah. because they are out there mm-hmm. but what a lot of guys don't realize is they're not out there behind every bush like a lot of guys think you know yeah. so so yeah i mean i was i was pretty pumped with what i connected with i was fortunate i saw the bull i told myself I was just going to try to get a bull that I, that I liked, that, that yeah. appealed to me. I didn't care about score. I didn't even try to score him before he hit the ground. Mm-hmm. I saw him. I liked him. I shot him. And he was a good bull. Cool. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. The, but, you, yeah, you can put a lot of pressure on yourself if you. Have, have you? I've, I've done it to myself. I drew an early
0: rifle elk hunt in Arizona for uh-huh. Unit 10. Uh-huh. I put a lot of pressure on myself. <laughs> I'm like,
2: oh man. Right? I remember you talking
0: about that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so the value of having that tag was it, I shot a nice bull. Um but I I don't think I enjoyed the experience as much as I could have. Yeah. Because I it was the first real glory tag I'd ever had. Yeah. And I put so much pressure on myself as like yeah. n- now Thinking back on it, I just, within a year, I was thinking, oh, Randy, why, why, why didn't you just go there and do what, like Jason just explained, why didn't you just go and say, yeah, that one looks good, because the very first day I passed a bull, I wish I would have shot, to this day, it's like, (laughs) oh, man, but we'd seen this one scouting that was just behemoth, yeah, I mean, he was, oh, he was big, yeah, and so I had that in my head, yeah, well, opening morning, here comes a really nice bull. He was narrow, really long beams, really long tines, and he just wanted to get shot, <laughs> and I didn't shoot him. He was begging you to, Yeah. and you didn't. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, yeah. Randy. When you look uh, back on it, right, why yeah. didn't I just shoot that bull? Yeah. 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 But I, I, I rationalize it by saying, well, I got to hunt an extra five days. Yeah. By, well, by that's passing, part of it, right? So. But did you enjoy those five days? I'd, right, that's I, the question, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every day the pressure felt a little heavier and a yeah. little heavier and a little heavier. But you said
2: you shot yours on the Opening first day. day, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't honestly have that problem just because opening morning yeah. You know, we had, we had kind of patterned the elk and knew they were kind of crossing in this one area and it just came together. I mean, yeah. just, I'm just being real, right? Just right place, right time, it came together. Yeah. So, you know. So you're going to tell me that uh, it was this trick and this
0: strategy and this idea and if you don't buy this, you're never going to shoot one. <laughs> yeah, nope. None, none of that? Nope, none of that. Oh, uh, yeah. you don't have a place <laughs> in the TV world then. Come on, Jason. <laughs> Sorry, you, man. You yeah. got to have something more than that. <laughs> uh, you, nobody in our line of work says,
2: well, I just said, right place, right place right time. <laughs> well, hey. I'm just trying to be real, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will, I will say that with my brother-in-law's hunt, we, we hunted hard for, I mean, I think I put 10 days into his hunt uh-huh. full time, plus weekends and stuff. And so we learned a lot about the elk, right? So, it, you know, like I said, understanding their patterns and their behaviors, by the time my hunt came around, it was like, well, you go down low, you go up high, and I'm going to be right here where they like to cross. And it just, they, they happened to cross, you yeah. know, so... Cool. It was that it was all the pre-hunt stuff of my brother-in-law's hunt that helped for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: and so yeah. in a hunt like that, all your photography stuff, where you're spending days out there with them, just photographing. Yeah, yeah. Were, were you going to school on what
2: what you learned there?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: a little bit. I mean, it's tough and, and again, just being totally honest, um, you know, it's tougher to to take photographs of what I'd call truly wild elk or hunted elk. Yeah, you know, pressured elk, elk that have a lot of pressure. Um, you know, they don't, they don't behave the same, right? Yeah. It, which you know. Right. And so, if you think about, if I was going out into the wild, you know, on a, on a hunting, you know, on a limited entry unit in Utah, and I was calling elk in, and I got one a big old bull to come in, as soon as he heard that shutter snap, he's going to come unglued and be out of there. Right. Right? So, you know, I try to spend my time with elk that are a little bit more tolerant, yeah. and deer that are a little more tolerant, so I can actually have that, you know, the time I invest is worth it, if that makes sense. Right.
0: No, for so, sure.
2: You know, it's, it's a little bit different game to try to take photos of wild well, I hunted elk. I'll say yeah. that. That's yeah. the way to put it.
0: Elk but. that have their senses on full uh, alert. Full alert, exactly. Huh. Yeah. So. Well, you guys have some amazing
2: hunting here in Utah. I feel so blessed that I've. We do, but being a resident in Utah, it's frustrating. You know, yeah. it really is. Because, they I mean, would. it is. It's just demand, right? Supply and demand. Yeah. I mean, Corey and uh. I did a, a full podcast about applications in Utah and
0: Nevada, and we lumped them together. Uh-huh. Just because we were worried that a lot of people listening who might be traveling hunters who are non-residents to Utah or Nevada look at it and say, well, man, my odds are so slim and I got to buy... Here, I think my uh, license fee is $65 Uh non-refundable. Nevada, it's even more. Yeah, And so then I'd listen to the podcast. I'm like, man, we almost really bagged on nevada <laughs> and utah and it's it's not that at all it's just the reality of how hard it is to draw a tag Correct. and if you're allocating scarce dollars where's where's the biggest bang for the book there right? you go yeah that, that's what we're trying to focus yep. on but yep.
2: no it's it's reality <laughs> of it right so yeah. Do you ever hunt? I
0: mean, Utah has the, your uh, over-the-counter general tags. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do so are they as crowded as everyone tells me? I've pretty, never done they're it. They're pretty crowded. Are they? They're pretty and, crowded. But. And some of them are spike only and some
2: are any bull? So some uh, any tag in Utah, you can hunt. You can shoot a cow with your tag. With your general tag? With your general tag. Oh, okay. I didn't um, know that. There are units that are spike only or cow, right? Yeah. Or or any bull okay. or a cow or a spike, right? Hmm. If it's any bull. Okay. Um, but but yeah, I mean, my, I, it's funny, this, this necklace I'm wearing, Yeah. this is my first branch antlered public land bull I ever shot. Okay. So, and it was with my bow, and it, you know, I hunted a lot of years before I kind of started figuring out what elk hunting was all about, right? Um, and so it finally started to come together, and we called this bull in on the last day, um, brought, um, we, me and my brother in law went up on the, the public unit we were on. The hunt usually ends on a Friday here in Utah. Mm-hmm. So we knew it'd probably be nobody around. we had some pretty good success through that hunt, um, calling bulls in and stuff. We went up the last day on a, just a, you know, it's an hour from where we live. Just, we'll give it heck, right? Go give it a shot. We walked out on this ridge line where we knew some elk were. My brother in law threw out a bugle. A bull across the canyon popped out, bugled back, and started coming. <laughs> And literally, with five minutes later, he was on the ground. <laughs> uh, it was one of those. It was like, holy cow! Oh, so, cool. so yeah, I was. I'm, I'm actually, you know, so that bull on the Dutton. And I'm not a big score guy, but you know, people use that as a frame of reference, right? right? Yeah. He was about a 360 class bull, wow. so a good bull. Yeah. Um, and this bull, I. I don't I think he if I put a tape to him he's like one seventy, right? <laughs> the little branch antlered bull, right? But mm-hmm. I'm more proud of that bull. because yeah? of what it took and all the years of, of hunting and culmination oh, that cool. what it culminated in Great. than I am of that, you know, the bigger the bigger bull. Huh. You know, that means more to me. Yeah. Right. So Oh, that's such a cool story. Yeah, yeah it's kinda oh. fun. But so yeah, public land is you know, if you're a Utah guy, the nice thing is is you can just go and buy an over the counter tag and go hunt elk. You okay. can. So that opportunity is there. Um, you'll get a lot of pressure but if you're you know if you're a meat hunter and you're trying to fill a, a you know a tag and put yeah. some meat in the freezer it's a good opportunity yeah you know and those late season cow tags that utah has are a good opportunity too yeah so you know it's really if you just want to get out and hunt elk and, and i think out of state you can just come and buy an, uh, right. an over-the-counter tag yep, for public you, land, you know so and it's a good it, you know it's a lot like colorado that way it's a good place to come do it there's so There's crowded. You're going to have a lot of pressure. But if you're the guy that's willing to get, you know, off the road a ways, which I know you are, yeah. then you can, you know, you can, you can find some milk and you can have some success. Really? So, yeah. Well,
0: that's good to know because yeah. I, uh, and I'm guilty of probably perpetuating the myth. Yeah. If you want to call it that, that, you know, uh, for the non-resident, Utah is nothing but a swing for the fences, yeah. <laughs> say your prayers, send yeah. your money off, and <laughs> hope you win the lottery kind of event.
2: But if it's not that <laughs> way, that's that's good for
0: people yeah. to know. Yeah,
2: I, Well, and on the limited <clears throat> entry units, a lot of them now, which ticks a lot of the limited entry guys off, a lot of those units, not the trophy ones, but the ones for opportunity, you can actually hunt those limited entry units that hold those big bulls for spike and cow only oh. up till the last week of the hunt. So they reserved that last week of the hunt for just the limited entry tag holders. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, and it's challenging. So if you're the guy that draws a tag, do you want all those other guys (laughs) on that unit chasing cows and spikes spikes, around, right? You know, so, so, you know, I don't know. There's mixed emotions about that, right? But as a guy that wants an opportunity, it's Mm -hmm. there, you know? Right. Well, and you,
0: you have to harvest some of the cows. Sure. You know, if you're going to have true game management, you can't, do that by just harvesting bulls. So when are you going to harvest the cows? If there's and Randy, they taste just as good as those bulls.
2: I'm
1: telling yeah. you. <laughs> I'm,
0: Corey and I, we we get so many questions. Uh, people reach out to us on the podcast. Uh, if you go to elktalkpodcast.com, we have a comment page there, and we take those and we go through them every time. Uh-huh. And the number of comments we get about cow elk hunting, mm. we we just. We're accumulating them, and we're going to have to do at least one, maybe multiple, yeah, episodes. Like against out. it,
2: for it, no, or... for it. Oh, for tell, it. Me, okay, more. Yeah. tell I, me more. Tell me more. I want to go. Yeah. I want to come
0: do it. So this year in Wyoming, mm-hmm. uh, we find out in a couple days what our Wyoming draw results are. Yep. Uh, I put my second choice as a unit where I, I'm pretty much guaranteed to draw, and I can shoot a cow. Oh, that's cool. Because I want to go down and show people that it's not all about big bulls. I mean, don't get me wrong. If there's a big bull standing there and I got a bull tag, I'm happy to, you know, That'll alive. All, yeah, you're going to put a bullet in it. Yeah, yeah but yeah. <laughs> but I eat a lot of elk yeah. and yep. like you said, whether it's a bull or a cow, I can't really tell the difference or <laughs> if I can, the odds are the stuff I, that was a little tastier and a little more tender was probably the cow. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And, well, and, I'll, and and so for us, <clears throat> us archery guys, you know, killing a a bull elk with a bow, or killing an elk with a bow, is a, is a pretty good feat. Right? I mean, it really is. Even yeah. if it's a cow or a spike, I mean, they're yeah. they're, they're it's easier than killing a big old herd bull for sure, right? Yeah. But it's still, I mean, you still got to get in range. You still got to trick them. You still got to trick their senses, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So it can still be a pretty fun hunt. I mean, yeah. it really can, and oh. it's an opportunity that's overlooked by a lot of guys. Yeah, so.
0: in Montana now we. Our archery tags are either sex in most places. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm <laughs> the reason I didn't shoot one last year is I knew I had that bison tag and I was thinking yeah. to myself, boy, I got an awful lot of meat here <laughs> that uh I'd be able to fill my freezer quite easily. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> sorry guys. How you doing? I watch your videos all the time. Thank you. We're doing a <laughs> podcast or I'd visit with you.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah we'll see you <coughs> so, thank you so jason's probably wondering what's this all about but no i know i get it <laughs> we're at the go hunt booth here doing these podcasts and yeah. there's people here Swinging at the show by,
2: who bugging both of us <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah but so sorry about those interruptions folks yeah. but sometimes you got to interrupt just to move them along <laughs> uh, but <coughs> i've uh I, di- I didn't uh, really focus on filling my Montana elk tag that. I mean, I went out and hunted, don't get me wrong, but I had some opportunities in areas where I could have shot a cow, but... yeah. I, and so I often wonder, do people see that and say, oh, he's too good to shoot a cow? No, it's not that. It's for me. I, I get to hunt a lot. Yeah. so yeah. And I knew I had that bison tag. Yeah. I wasn't sure I was going to fill up, but I was hoping I would. <laughs> uh, Which is cool my, that you did. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was so much fun. And then my son had a Wyoming elk. So that's, if people see us passing on cows when we have the opportunity, it's not because it's something... Mm. We don't. You're not against want to, it? No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, I sure. I've helped so many people on cow hunts. I just, I, I think it's great. Yep. I, I mean, the very first deer I ever shot was a doe, yeah. and I was so excited as a kid. And yeah, and I've shot a lot of does sure. in my adult life. So yeah, no. I, if we get back to the core of why we hunt, and that being food, which yep. it is for me, mm-hmm. is there a better place and a better time to be? Getting that food no, than when not. that cow elk is right that's, there in front
2: of you? It's hard to pass up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what other things in Utah would you say are maybe unknowns or misconceptions? I, I mean, you guys got a ton of public land
2: here. We do. Well, yes. Not as much as some of the other states, right? But we yeah. do. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of uh, folks that are trying to. Get rid of that public land too. So. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you're, you're well aware of that. I know, <clears throat> but um. we, we we better not <laughs> diverge,
0: or, or we'll hit the ditch with that. Because <laughs> Jason, you you follow my stuff. You know I'm a critic of those people. I'm trying to understand how. Utah has so many amazing I, hunters, so many crazy public land hunters, yep. but then there's
2: a few crazies in their congressional delegation that want to get rid of public land. It's, it's a, it is a mystery. I yeah. mean, because, you know, if you talk to the, the majority of the hunters here that understand the issues, right. you'll find the same, everybody's yeah. on the same page. I know. You know, and I know they're out voting. I know they're active and engaged. You know, it's just I it just the, the numbers just must be enough, that it's just not enough of us to uh, you know make well that difference. Well, you brought it up, not me. I know, so. I know. I know. Well, I mean that's that's the that's the big controversy for Utah, I think, right now, honestly. Right. Yeah. Is you know, so do have so many opportunities, and there's so many people that are out there just trying to take them away, you know. Yeah. And and people need to be aware of that. And I know it, there's been a lot of talk about it, and I think more and more people are getting aware of it. Yeah. But you know, when you're voting, that should be one of your one of your main concerns if you're a, if you're a hunter. Yeah. If you're a public land hunter, especially. Yeah. You know?
0: And I tell people, and even if you vote for someone because you got other priorities, <laughs> sure, I get that. But when that person votes on public land, make sure they know. How you feel? How you feel? Exactly. Maybe, I mean, yep. there's not a perfect solution, but if you if enough people continually tell that person,
2: "This is how I feel about it," maybe they will change their mind. Yep. Yep. So you know, and you've said it before. You know, it just kind of cycles. It seems like it comes up and it gets fought and fortunately we win the battle and then it kind of just goes away yeah and then it's, it's eight ten years go by and it comes up again and they're trying to get that land you know and so yeah, yeah. But, so hopefully we can win this cycle and we can keep people informed and you know yeah. that's uh, well i didn't mean to bring no, that no, up no, and, good, and get good. us on a tangent here jason <laughs> it's that a just, good it's a good discussion it really is yeah man. it
0: is but you utah at least where i had the tag i could not believe how much public land there was and there were really not many hunters yeah. out there or there a few people out in the woods. Yeah. I, I was telling some person here earlier, I thought when I had that tag, I was wondering, am I hunting the wrong season dates yeah. or, or what's the deal here? Because yeah. you guys manage so conservatively that when you do draw a tag, yeah, you, you might see other people in the woods, but they might be a family member or someone helping. Sure. But
2: as far as actual tag holders, it's pretty, it's pretty slim. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah.
0: really. It is, and you're right.
2: There is a ton of public land. Um, you know the elk are around here pretty smart. You know, if they get a little pressure, they know where the private land is. You know that you you know they get a little pressure and they end up you know going onto the public land. But what's that? Yeah, we're doing a podcast, so <laughs> yeah. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, you know it's you know just. I don't even know. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, we just got
0: interrupted. We had somebody bring me a cup of coffee. That was nice. Rundell.
2: And then some guy
0: stopped us. Are you guys podcasting? Yeah. Yeah. We're sitting here with headsets on, (laughs) a recorder device between us, and we're talking to each other. And people are, are you guys podcasting? Uh, Uh, No. We we need a sign. We need one of those studio recording signs.
2: (laughs) In session or something. Yeah, Yeah, something like that.
0: But... Uh um, Tell me, and this is, I was asking you before the podcast, mm-hmm. my son has 15 or 16 points here. Yep. And he just likes to go. Yeah. He, to him, yeah, it may, the only reason he's got that many points is, well, a combination <laughs> of two things. When he's in college, all I did was buy a point for him. Sure. I, I didn't even apply. Well, and then he gets to the situation where work and everything else, he can only do one hunt a year. Yeah. But, your late season hunts are the ones where he would have a pretty good chance of drawing drawn attack, yeah are they pretty good? they opportunities? Can
2: be, they can be pretty good i mean a lot of the a lot of the bulls I see getting taken off of those units um are can be pretty busted up by then, obviously you know yeah but if if you're a guy that doesn't really care about that and you want to go out and have the experience um yeah, I mean as far as which units i'd I'd be hard pressed to tell you the good ones just because okay. I've never really looked into the to the details of those late season hunts. Yeah. But, you know, I man I, I'm trying to even yeah I'd be I'd be just winging it you'd be to, making it up I'd be making it up a little bit just because I okay. don't know enough about them but, but I know there's some good opportunities for sure in yeah. the state for well Trail Chrysler is from Cedar City he's oh yeah, yeah and go I was going to say down south central southern Utah <clears throat> is where I would say that area yep. But yeah. he,
0: I talked to him he's like well are you
2: going to tell the whole world yeah I'm like
0: well it's already on your go hunt system right <laughs> <laughs> he laughed he's yeah. Like, yeah yeah you got to find it though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right yeah that's the the beauty of Go mm-hmm. Hunt. its there. Mm-hmm. It's just up to you to find it. Yep, exactly. But, <laughs> no, I, 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 I love coming to Utah uh-huh. because the people I meet are wonderful people. Yeah. And like I say, in all the public land, and the quality of the experiences, yeah, are really, really good. I, I'm embarrassed to say this. <laughs> I, I did not know how good the Fillmore Oak Creek deer tag is. <laughs> yeah. The first year I applied for it, I had four points or five points. Uh Just out of a... Just a win. Oh, what the heck. Yeah. I drew the one non-resident tag. Oh, my heck. In 2016. Oh, my heck. And I think there was one non-resident tag and maybe four resident tags. Yeah, that's pretty slim. Yeah, (laughs) We hunted there for a week and never saw another hunter. That's amazing. We ran into a couple guys who were scouting for someone else, but... Oh, you talk about a quality experience, yeah, and yeah. boy, there were some tremendous deer there. I muffed it. Oh, and, did you? Yeah, I shot two air balls. Oh. Uh, so oh. I, in fact, that's a film that we just released out on our Amazon channel, and I watch it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I wish Corey was with me. Corey, he's a, he's a way better archer than I ever will be.
2: <laughs> oh, was it so. an archery tag? Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, if I would have had a rifle oh, that's tag. That's why I was wondering. I said, I, I, yeah. I don't think those would have been air balls at those distances. <laughs> <Yeah. coughs> but you never know. As big as they were, I could have got excited and missed. <laughs> but it, the reason to bring that up is yeah. the quality of, of the experience. If you are the lucky guy, sure. High risk, high reward. Correct. Is kind of. Yeah, exactly. What, Absolutely. What well, we here, mentioned so. it
2: earlier, right? I can't remember, but I think, I know a lot of the limited entry rifle tags in this state are. If not 100%, close to 100% success rates. Success rates. You know, so especially those trophy ones where they only give, you know, high quality, high reward. Right. So that's why they're so coveted, (laughs) right? I mean, I I get it, but it frustrates a guy that's an archer that, you know, because sees that there potentially could be more potential Mm -hmm. um, tags given away if there was, you know, some things done a little differently, you know. And I know a lot of the other states do those things differently, and I'm more than welcome to go to Colorado or to Idaho (laughs) and and do that, (laughs) right? So, I mean, I, you know, it is what it is, and they've... No, I I (laughs) do look at that because you have 100%
0: success rate on those rifle hunts that are in the rut. Yeah. How much additional, if you move that towards the end of the rut, I mean, like, into October even. Yeah, yep. How much more archery opportunity? How many more people could you run through the...
2: Correct, to the, the point system. To c- the point right? system. And that's what frustrates a lot of the guys is it's this point creep. I mean, I have I started putting in my kids for tags, you know, for points when they were yeah. little. You know, and they have some decent points. I think my boy now has... My oldest boy has 13 points, you know, because hmm. I've been putting him in since he was old enough to put in. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's not great, but it's not bad. You know, he's yeah. kind of in that same range your boy's in. Um, but, you know will he ever be able to draw a tag? He, in his situation, he might, right. but like my younger boy, he's only got like six or seven points and the way point creeps work. And, you know, I just don't know. I, I'm afraid. I think you I've heard you talk about this before. I'm afraid at some point, these, these states that are doing points like that are going to have to just say, you guys, this ain't working anymore. We're right. just boom. We're back to zero. We're sorry, but everybody's <laughs> on the same playing field. Now points are gone. Everybody has the same chance to draw. If you draw, you have your waiting period. You move on, you know, yeah. because I just see it. I can see it that it's just going to be almost impossible for some people to even have a it, chance to draw on a tag. Especially you know? younger people. And exactly. And that's where my concern is. Yep. If it
0: was just us gray old farts like me, and I can say that because I'm gray as a ghost. <laughs> uh, if it was just old gray guys the who it impacted them. Yeah. Uh, fine. But sure. I worry about the discouragement it has for new hunters, younger Absolutely. hunters. If we always say we want more people to get into hunting. Absolutely. These really tightly constrained uh, draw systems stack the deck against those they people. Do. Which they do. The, Corey and I, our next podcast that we're doing on drawing is New Mexico. Okay. Well, New Mexico does not have a point system. Yeah. So every year... Your chance is as good as my chance, and I've been applying there for 20-some years. And I'm fine with that. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, me
2: too. I mean, especially after seeing what points can do, you know. I mean, Utah now, even general season deer has become kind of like a draw hunt because yeah. of the way they've done it, right? And they're managing the units better. They need to because mule deer need that attention. I mean, I 100% support what they're doing, right? right? But the hard part is, is my son who's coming up and I'm trying to keep him engaged and keep him active in hunting. Mm-hmm. He is He's 16 this year and he's drawn two deer tags and he could start drawing when he was 12. Yeah. So that's a general season deer tags. He's only drawn two in his life as a, a young hunter.
0: Whereas those of us know? who live in places like Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, or wherever. Yep. yep. Our kids, any of us, can just go buy our resident deer tag over the counter, and sure. by the time a kid's 16, he's he or she has hunted four or five deer seasons already. Correct. So, Correct.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's a challenge. I wish I wish I knew what the answer uh, was. Me too. Me too. I, I really and and I got to
2: be careful. I mean, if I like again, like I said, if I want that opportunity for my son. I can drive to Idaho. I can buy an over the counter deer tag. Yeah. And we can go hunting, you know. Yeah. So, it's not that there's not opportunity out there, but if you're wanting to try to stay local and somewhere mm-hmm. close to home, you know, it makes it in budgets and so on. Kid, yeah, it makes it more difficult. Taking kids out of school, time off of work and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it all plays into it. But.
0: Yeah. So, if
2: uh, how old are your your kids? So, my youngest boy is um, 15, he'll be 16 this year, and right. my daughter's uh, 20 and or 19, 20, 19. And my oldest boy's 22. Okay. So
0: any tidbits of advice for the audience to keep your kids into hunting so that the, <laughs> the, the video games or the whatever distraction in life doesn't
2: outcompete? I'll tell you what. So it, in my experience, my youngest boy, he's pretty big into video games. Right. But, uh, um, for me, it's all about just taking them out when they're young And just being, you know, having that be part of what you do—it's part of what I did. It's part of my dad was dragging me around the elk woods when I was three years old. He called me his little mini elk herd. (laughs) I know he missed a ton of opportunities because of it, but I'll never forget those moments I had right with my dad. So, hopefully, my kids feel the same way. I've been dragging them around the elk woods ever since they were three years old, and the same thing. And I know there's—I missed opportunities, but I don't care. It's not why I was doing it. I was doing it because, to me, that's the most valuable quality time a guy can have with his kids yeah that's what it's about so
0: and i tried this on my son when he was a young one Mm -hmm. uh, because it it was really big to me if my dad or uncles we were going camping Uh as part of a hunting or fishing trip Mm -hmm. that was way more appealing to me than if we were doing a day hunt or a day fishing trip the camping part was just it was cool it was intriguing and all my friends at school were... Oh, you stayed in a tent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you guys cooked over an open fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at the time, it really didn't dawn on me what the how that was affecting me. Yeah. So I started taking my son out for the specific purpose of this is going to be a camp out one. Yeah, yeah. And we did it a lot with fishing. And he loved it. He, uh, he'd say... Well, Dad, are we camping? That yeah. was usually the first question. <laughs> and then it, for his birthday, which is always in May, mm-hmm. I'd tell his buddies, however many of you I can fit in the truck, yeah. we're going camping for the whole weekend and we're fishing. That's yeah. And those kids, it became a big priority for those kids. They'd see me, Mr. Newberg, mm-hmm. can I, do I get to go camping again <laughs> this year? I was surprised how many of these kids... Oh they never camp they love it yeah yeah and they'd never done it before. so yeah, yeah. for me, I think there's a lot of ways to get kids interested and keep them interested, Sure that isn't necessarily, oh, you got to draw a Henry's Mountain deer
2: tag Absolutely. to do it. You're, that's a really good point. Off-season stuff, right? You know, yeah. scouting, going out and doing that, fishing, camping and yeah. general, just being outside, yeah. four-wheelers. I mean, we love four-wheelers. We go down and ride trail systems down in southern Utah all the time. Yeah. So, you know, we're always doing those kind of things. And you're right. The big part of that is the camping piece. Um, those experiences they just don't forget. You know they're not going to remember the TV show they watched the other night. No, they're going to remember the time they were camping and we got hailed on. So, you know whatever. <laughs> right? Yep. Even though it was miserable at the time, you remember that stuff. You yeah. Know? So yeah. Well, but. for
0: me also, my son. I told him you're in charge of the ph- photography. So mm-hmm. if my son, if Matthew was on this podcast, you guys would be nerding out. Oh, that would be awesome. lenses and exposures yeah. and yeah. f stops <laughs> and everything else. That kid is tighter than tight until it comes to photography equipment yeah he got every time uh, sony comes out with a new mirrorless <laughs> camera what's the new one like a the 7r3 R3? or whatever yeah, oh yeah, yeah he's got that yeah he's got a selection <laughs> of lenses but i think back to it almost all the really good images we have while yeah. out fishing and uh-huh. hunting are his yeah <laughs> and uh now it's taking him into the uh, now that he's 28 he's it's an adult passion of his yeah that really parallels the hunting that we do yeah when we're he was home over uh christmas and we were out duck hunting Mm. and he saw me trying to get some images and he's like dad just get out of the way just
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay give me that yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) but uh photography i think is is a very good parallel to hunting and it gets people out in the woods it gets you
2: Doing. Get you engaged in it, right? Doing yeah. something other than, you know, and then, then the other side of that is you still have the computer involved because you still have to go sit in front of that monitor and do editing, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's a part that, you know, you can, you can love and hate. I yeah. have kind of a love-hate relationship <laughs> with it personally, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's so. a good point. So my son, he actually, my youngest guy, he's come with me on a few of my uh, adventures, and he's gotten kind of engaged in it. He actually looks forward to it. He'll ask me if he can go. And yeah. he he's really kinda digging the video side of it. And so it's been something that I've been thinking about more of as I do my thing, having him tag along videoing me doing my thing, videoing the animals. You know, i am so we're there's been some things, you know, and it's awesome. It's like, hey, that maybe that's how him and I have that connection or, right? yeah. you know, how we, you know, enjoy the outdoors together and because and of, the, you know, the situation with drawn tags or whatever, you know, so. Yeah.
0: Well, Matthew was always into video uh-huh. also, and uh, he was the teacher's assistant in the high school video editing class all through high school. Oh, yeah. That's how, this, that's how my platform started. Oh, wow. One day I'm really sick. I'm on the couch. Uh-huh recovering from some liver problems and he's (laughs) playing cribbage with me and i can tell you this that at the time watching lots of outdoor tv binge watching outdoor tv was not therapeutic (laughs) and uh i i said something about i can't some snide comment probably about (laughs) how it's never like we hunt you know it's never public land it's never self-guided yeah and he says well dad we could do better than them I said, yeah, that's why I'm on the couch and they're on TV. <laughs> so, in this over-medicated state, yeah. he convinces me, and you know B&H photography. Oh, uh, yeah. that, I mean, uh, if, if you're in the I video, just ordered something yesterday. The, yeah. <laughs> so, all of us in the video photography world, B&H is on our thumbnail or our, uh, right bookmarks. Our, yep, exactly. Uh, so, I come down about a week later, and here are boxes of stuff mm-hmm. that... Uh, H photo i'm like what is all this and my wife says well matthew said you guys needed this you're going to get into the dvd business that's how long ago it was dvd <laughs> and uh so there was everything at, at the time hd cameras video was just coming out yeah. oh yeah i gotta have that blah 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 yeah well if i would have done that i would have never made it to my 30th wedding <laughs> anniversary uh but the point of it was between matthew and some friends we were filming each other and uh-huh. Matthew really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. And it was another part of the whole experience that, okay, he's got football, he's got karate, he's got hockey, he's got all these other competing interests. Yeah. But it was very obvious to me that being behind a camera was something he really got into. Yeah. Whereas if I would have said, hey, it's zero degrees today, you want to <laughs> go elk hunting? He might have said like a lot of teenagers, eh, "Ah, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. But. Hey, you want to go film today? Yeah, I'm going to go elk hunting. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah. 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 So I know that. that I actually it. didn't
2: know that. It's really cool. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. how this all got started. Wow. And huh. then uh, he, after three years of filming each other and friends and friends filming us, uh, he put together what's called a, a sizzle reel. And uh, the, the sizzle reel, I took it to the SHOT Show, 2007, and I got laughed out. <laughs> They're like, good luck with that, son. Went to the SHOT Show 2008, got laughed out. Good luck with that. Public land, self-guided, ha, ha, ha. So I, <laughs> I folded up the tent. Wow. Yeah, I was like, well. And Matthew was heading off to college. I said, well, heck with it. We sold all of our cameras. We, we, we got out of it. And then a production company heard that, uh, that we had this. Yeah. And it happened to be a friend of mine. I didn't know he was getting in the outdoor production business. Uh-huh. Mark Pierce was his name. He owns uh, Warm Springs Productions. They now produce Mountain Man and a bunch of those yeah. big time shows. Yeah. Uh, he called me. said, "Hey, I hear you have all this video footage." I'm like, "Yeah. Why do you care?" <laughs> he said. He lives in the Bozeman area. He said, "I'm going to swing by your office. I hear you got a cool sizzle reel." All right. He swings by my CPA firm. I give it to him. Mm-hmm. Two days later, he's got me on a speakerphone with his editors. This is it. This is the show we've been... This, this is the silver bullet that everyone's been talking about and blah, blah, blah. And if anyone can do it, it's you. I'm like, Mark, I'm out of the business. I sold my cameras. I'm done. I'm. Yeah. So eventually, <laughs> he talked me into it. And... Uh, <laughs> That's a cool story. I didn't actually know that's how this all came about. That's how it started. And here's Uh. the funny part. People laugh about this. He said, I've got one show. I need two shows to really make this work. He said, I got my friends. These crazy guys, you might have heard of them. They're like these big bearded dudes from Louisiana. All they do is duck hunt. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, yeah, I've heard of them. Obviously, it was yeah. the Duck Commander <laughs> yeah. of Duck Dynasty. Well, yeah. we shared production companies for the first three years. Oh, wow. It was Mark's production company. And ah. then, then when they went to big time, they, they had to get a the network required them to use their production company. But that's anyhow, huh. so that's how that's I cool. got into it. That's and really it was cool. all because Matthew had such a keen interest in yeah. photographing and filming. Anything we were doing that was outdoor related—that's yeah, cool. So, and he's—he's he's still into it. Oh yeah, he? he's yeah, still he's into very it. Very engaged in it. Oh yeah, yeah very engaged. Yeah. So, so I, uh, what a cool
2: way to have that connection with your kid, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: You—you you never know. It—it—it's—it's it's, it's just uh, one of those things where, however, we could spend time together, and yeah. I wanted to make it fun for him. That—that's yeah. the point, I guess. I'm getting to with this whole discussion is, it didn't have to be the like like you were saying about you scared some elk away from your dad. Sure. I knew that there were times doing it in a way that a kid would enjoy it. Yep. Was, I wasn't going to climb 3,000 vertical feet that day. Sure. I wasn't going to go sit on a rock when it's zero degrees and 20 mile an hour wind and glass from daylight till dark. Sure. But (laughs) it was an investment. And now I look at where it's it's taken us in yeah. that investment by making it fun for him when he was a skeever yeah i mean a skeever, just a little dude yeah yeah uh the, the very first time we went out i still remember it he had got a, a a chocolate lab for his fourth birthday oh cool well when he when, when yeah. the next hunting season he was five uh, a bunch of my buddies invited me on a pheasant hunt in eastern montana and yeah. he's like well, Dad, uh, he heard him invite me. He's like, I thought we were going pheasant hunting tomorrow with Copper, his, his, his new dog. dog. Yeah, And it was just absolutely miserable, terrible. Yeah. And I woke him up. I'm like, you sure you want to go? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so we went. Mm-hmm. The dog flushes. One rooster, I shoot it. It's like the day was meant to happen. Yeah. That kid is soaking wet. It's maybe 40 degrees, miserable. Miserable conditions, yeah. But his dog retrieved a pheasant <laughs> it was it, it, he was it, on cloud
2: nine yeah yeah
0: and so i think back to that day it's one yeah. of my fondest days of of time being in the field. out there and yeah. and i know in elk hunting it's more intense than like that pheasant hunting or fishing but sure i think there's ways we can well, do it Absolutely. To, to get them in there. And that's why I, I, you probably weren't prepared for me to put you on the spot. No, that's but.
2: fine, man. I, I'm, I'm telling you, that's what it's all about for me. That's what hunting's always been for me is time with my family and friends. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, would I like to have the meat in the freezer and those, you know, trophies? Absolutely. Yeah. But to me, those are just the benefits, this, the pluses. Yeah. Uh, the, what it's all about is that, you know, that time and that investment in those, in those relationships. You know? Right. So. And
0: to me, that's really... How I looked at it is not a financial investment, but if I can't invest some of my time, yep. uh, then I'm probably not going to get much of a return out of that yep. down the road. And exactly. now I I see how much fun we have together, <laughs> you know. And I'm sure you see it with your kids. It's it's worth
2: every second. I, every, every second. And it, yeah. and it
0: almost wish you could have done more. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. But. Yeah. Uh, well, Jason, what, what do you want to leave the audience with? Anything special? Anything? Uh, I don't know.
2: You know, just you know, if, you, if you want to go try this stuff, if you want to try photography, um, I tell guys all the time, you know, just reach out to me. I'm more than happy to try to help a guy out. Where can, they, where guys... can they reach you at? Um, through my Instagram, you know, di- di- uh, direct message me or my Facebook page or whatever. Just contact An- me. And Instagram me.
0: is. We- um,
2: untamed images by JL is my actual Instagram account. Okay. My Facebook is the same. It's untamed images by Jason Loftus on Facebook. Yeah. But if you type in untamed images, you'll you'll find me. Okay. Um, and then just you know DM me, um, reach out to me. I'll try to help anybody I can. I mean, I had guys reach out to me and help me, um, so I try to you know pass the. Pass it forward a little bit, so. Yeah. You know, wow. and, and just do it, you know. If you, if you think you want to try it, just you don't have to invest a ton of money. Just get out there and try it.
0: And the beauty of today is it's not like you have to go and pay Walmart to develop your, Correct. your
2: negatives. It's all free. I mean, <laughs> I, that's part of the problem, right? I'll get out in the field and I'll take 1,500 images on and I'll shoot. <laughs> and then it's like, now I got to go look through all these things and decide which yeah. one I want, you know. But yeah. yeah so. Well, now. But it's free. Right. <laughs> so the, the requirement
0: to do it now Compared to what it was, oh yeah, twenty years ago, completely different. I, some people listening to this podcast probably don't realize that there was a time you had this little canister <laughs> yeah. that had a roll of film in there that you had to load in the back of the camera, <laughs> and you bought either twenty four images or thirty six images. Oh on yeah, a film. and you had to
2: buy the, the right ISO. That exactly. Wanted. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you would <laughs> take it out of
0: the camera, you'd go down to Walmart or wherever, and you'd get it they develop it, and maybe in a day or two, you'd come pick it up, and you'd open the envelope like, oh, wow. Yeah. One of them is, look, one of them's in focus. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, out of 24,
0: I got one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. and yeah. it cost you a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. So some of us old guys like me, we were. we're <laughs> I think we still carry that bad habit of thinking that these megabytes cost yeah. us money. Yeah, they don't. Nope.
2: So and memory so cheap now. I mean, yeah. really is it's crazy where technology's come. So yeah. yeah, you can go out and just take a ton of photos and just have fun, and it's not going to cost you anything other than your time. Right. Right. So yeah. Oh, and you know they'll cut in the same thing. You know, I, I yeah. There's plenty of opportunity. You guys have covered it on your show many times. The opportunities out there, and you just got to be willing to you know invest the time and the energy into doing it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it just to me it's all about the family time and the time with friends and family so if yeah. you want if you want to have those experiences go have them don't yeah. what are you waiting for you know yeah, right <laughs> yeah don't
0: wait i no. i always tell people if you wait there's no guarantees for tomorrow we all know people who said oh i'll do that next year yeah and they didn't yeah they're not here and and
2: and the whole public lands thing you know go use them yeah Use you know, them. you're a landowner. You're a public landowner. I, yeah. I, I tag a lot of my images with that, and, I, and that's cause it's because I don't get to go take those photos without being a public landowner. Right. So I, I benefit tremendously from it. So be aware of that, support it, fight it, you yeah, know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. So, that,
0: I, I can't come up with a better close than that, Jason. <laughs> you, you, maybe you ought to take over this oh, yeah, podcast right, right, yeah. So, well, thanks for your time. No, thank you. Thanks for having a, me. you're yeah. on a cal, uh, schedule. I'm on a schedule. Yes, so, sir. Uh, we'll, it's been uh, fun. we'll wrap this up. And the next time we'll get, here, here's the deal. Okay. Next one we'll do is when my son draws and burns his Utah points. But, yeah. You'll come to our camp.
2: That would and be And we'll do a podcast from camp. That would be awesome. That would? I'd do it. All right. Let me know. Thanks, Randy. (laughs) Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. (laughs) Have a great show.
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening, folks.